You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League, we're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast, I remember my name tonight, my name's TK, and we are here with the boys, hello Andy. Uh, look, look, you can um, be thankful in the fact that we're not on lockdown, you know, the pod's still coming, so that's alright guys, you got something to listen to while you're stuck at home. Absolutely, Corby, <laughs> g'day mate, you're on semi-lockdown, but welcome to the lockdown of me and Andy. Oh, there's, there's a few cases starting to break free out of Sydney. If you just stay bloody put, I reckon New South Wales looking at a a good lockdown for a few weeks, few months. Mate, we're grubs. Of course we're going to be out. But uh, tonight, boys, plenty to discuss. It was quite a spicy TLT today. So plenty of players that have returned and plenty on the extended bench. But before we get that, welcome all the Facebook viewers. Thank you for tuning in live. And if you haven't done that yet and you're a listener on the normal kind of Spotify or your Apple's, you can check us out at Talking League Pod on Facebook. We put it up live, which comes with a couple of hours before we release it on the audio. Also, Insta, that's Talking League One. Talking League One on the Twitter. And please continue to leave those Apple reviews. But, boys, before we get to, we've got plenty to talk about tonight. I'll just root through some of the real fantasy changes in the TLT. So, Reid Marnie, he's back for the Eels. Jerry Lussick, he moves to an extended bench. Josh Schuster, finally back. Thank you, Des. And he's going to be oh, no. starting at number 12. Still no Ryan Pappenhausen, so uh, plenty more concerns. We'll chat about Ryan during the show. Tyson Frizzell, he's a big in for the Knights. They've missed him on the edge. That also moves Mitch Barnett to a stacked middle, and he'll start at lock. Warriors, they've just been putting Swifties everywhere. Warriors have named Tohu Harris after he was dead. Chad Townsend, same thing. Rick Ewan-Nakin returns from his quarantine. He's on an extended bench. Don't understand that one. Josh Curran, he's also back, but he's back at number 14. Even though, Andy, I've got some good news from Inside Warriors. He'll be starting, I reckon, on the weekend. I, I saw your draft changes, so I thought you had a little scoop, you bastard. <laughs> Matty Burton, he's been named at 5'8", which is huge. Paul Momorowski's not. He's been on the extended bench. They are carrying Mitch Kenny, interestingly enough, on the on in number 14. Adam Dewey, finally, he's back. Thank you, Madge, at number 6. And he's given debut... Uh, Deputons to uh, Tuki Simpkins, who's well-regarded, and also Junior Puga. Josh Jackson, for everyone that picked him up smartly last week, and he scored a monster score last week. He's been moved to an edge, but we see the return of Andy's boy, Renoff. Uh, Tony, he's back at Interesting, lock. that one, isn't it? Yeah, should be, he's a good scorer. So, another I saw you pick him up in draft, Andy, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're all smiles. But, boys, let's rip in. Like the, the major guy that we want to talk about tonight is Nathan Cleary. We've had a little bit of news, like me. We've all listened to the rub with the NRL physio now. So plenty of information for us to dissect. But, Corbs, I want to start with you because I know we've been talking about this for uh, several days now. Nathan Cleary, let's put uh, – like this is kind of like a bold predictions night as well where we're kind of using all the information that we've got to make bold predictions and then also projections. So, Nathan Cleary, when do you expect him to return, and what's his average on return? Sorry, was that just a quick, uh, fancy way of saying gut feel? <laughs> and is, is your name Josh Corby? Yes. Hop it down. You're not in the driver's seat. 100%. <laughs> I'm saying uh, one, maybe two, but honestly, I don't see him back to round one of finals. Um, they won the minor premiership last year and probably learned a lesson that 
um, you know, the GF is the big one to win. Mm. Uh, what's the difference in coming second or fourth and you risk Cleary for not uh, having him in the final? So, and also, like, how much does that home ground advantage really play now the comp has been moved? Like, does it really matter if you come fourth or first now? Um, I reckon his average is going to be heaps lower going off what the um, NRL physio was saying on the weekly rub, uh, the weekly rub down. Um, his average, I reckon, oh, 65 if he returns. Okay. I, I just don't think he's – I think he's just going to be there to manage the game. I don't think he's going to be taking on the line like he was before. Yeah. I'm kind of around the same ball figure as you because he scored eight tries in 12 games. I don't expect him to score many tries because of the physicality. He was carrying people over the line. Before I go into my analysis, Andy, I'll, I'll just go to you quickly. What's your kind of projection on how many more games you will see from Nathan Cleary and projection in terms of a score? Yeah, funnily enough, um, I've got the 65 score in my projection as well. Like you said, he did, his biggest game was his running game and ru- taking that line on, making that defence uh, second-guess themselves. But if you think he'd sort of be a bit, bit hesitant now, so especially with that shoulder injury not being fully fit, um, he may lose a couple of – he's usually a pretty good defender as well, pretty solid. So they might put him on the centres just in defending sets and, and so utilise him. So he's still going to get some attacking plays, but he's not going to be the 96 average player that he that he was. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I'm around same as you. I reckon somewhere 65, 70, Corbs. And I was just breaking down his numbers, and he's got 118 running ga- metres a game. So I reckon that's going to half because he's not going to take the line on – so let's give a just a prediction of around 60. He's got 3.5 tackle breaks a game. I can't see him doing that again. I reckon that will go to maybe one. Try assist, I think he will still manage the game quite well. Goals will still the same way. The thing is, he's a very good defensive half. He only he only misses 1.8 tackles. And you can see how much traffic he, he tackles 18, 18 on average a game. I reckon that traffic's going to be huge. I reckon he'll miss four or five. It's just the way of the injury. And Corbus, remember we were hearing in that podcast, like, the re-injury rate, something like 30 to 60%. And every time that, was that high, it, wasn't it? it gets done again, he's going to start again. And it's another four-week process just to decide if they need surgery again. So I reckon yeah. I reckon you might be spot on here, mate, with this finals thing. Why rush him, like, at all? Yeah, well, that's it. If you if he gets injured, then you literally do not have him for the finals. And they will not win without Cleary. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, next guy, guy Reed Marnie. He's back, and he was shooting the stars out before he got injured. Same thing. He's not like a minor version of Nathan Cleary. So it's not as serious. But in terms of re-injury rate, boys, it is still quite high. It's thirty percent as well. And we've seen that the backup hooker Joey Lussick has now been parked on the bench. It'll be interesting. I know that Brad Arthur does get spicy with his bench, and he changes it week to week. But Andy, I'll start with you. Talk to me a little bit about where you see Reed Marnie projecting and also give me your rank in terms of where he sits in terms of the fantasy hookers. I think Reedy post 18, I think you should be back to 80 minutes. I think um, Lussick's just there for cover uh, for injury. He was a bit underdone last season, especially coming like, to the second half of the season. You could tell Reedy was a bit tired, but... I think the the injuries and the time out from injury that's his rest, similar to the couple of Melbourne players if they come back. Yeah, I think he'll he'll be pushing for eighty and he'd he'll do better for the minutes coming into the into the final. So I think Lusick's probably gone, and you probably see Reid pushing 55, 60 points um, from here from round eighteen on or from nineteen on. Sorry, because eighteen he might not play eighty minutes, but 
Uh, ranking, it probably goes, if, if everyone's playing to the same little sort of level they're playing now, oh, geez, you go Appy, you go Hunt, Reed, then Cook, maybe, and maybe the third and fourth, uh, Reed and Cook probably fighting for that third spot, I'd say, out of the best hookers at the moment. Nice. Corbs, he just doesn't rate the cheese, this bloke, doesn't he? You try to get rid of him on Sunday. He's oh, the greatest hooker in the cheese, world. Yeah, I keep forgetting oh. about him. I, uh, I'm i not on Marnie at all from what the NL physio is saying. I have him equal 10th. I have him on par with Lockie Croker, 50 average at best. With his injury, the way the NRL physio was saying, he's a middle forward. Like he was getting, he was racking up nearly 50 tackles mm. in games. He just loved the defense, and he's just not going to be able to keep up that sort of effort with his injury, going off the, the talk of um, you know an expert in the field. So, yeah, this injury seems as though he's not going to be 100%. So I'm saying I'm avoiding. I'm not going near him. I'm the same. Like minus the injury. Like I think Reed's had an outstanding season. I reckon right now him and Cheese are head to head as the NRL fantasy hooker of the year. But realistically, I'm the same. I've only got four trades left, so I need to make some smart decisions. And the high percentage play on this one, I don't think you go in with a trade with a guy that's got such a high reoccurrence of injury. Like I just don't think you can do it. Can you, Corpse? Nah, oh, yeah, as I said, there's plenty of blokes before him, and yeah, I'll see him well down the list. Sorry, I didn't ask you, who's your, in terms of your top five in the hooker ranks, do you have that handy on you? Yeah, so I've got the hunt. I just want to see how the dragons go. <laughs> I don't, like, he'll have heaps of extra work, so you think his scores are going to stay up there. Melbourne 9, I'm just going to leave it at that, because whoever's got it, although... <laughs> Even with the cheese playing his other role, I'd, the way he's going at the moment, who knows? I've got um, Cook, McCulloch, Hodgson, Egan, Appy, even and I've got Grant there as well. Um, yeah, and then Lockie Croker. So I have him sort of sitting equal tenth with Lockie Croker there. Yeah, nice. I've got all them ahead of him. Okay, that's fair. I and think he scores more. I think he scores well. I just think the risk of. Taking him if you don't have him is just yeah, way too Yeah, you're not going to – I suppose you're not going to pick him up when you've got others to sort of – Appy's – I'm pretty sure Appy's cheaper than him and he has a potential yeah, to score Yeah, he, he, he is slightly cheaper. Yeah. But my list, I've got Cheese as one. I think that's an easy one. Two, I've got Appy. And then I'm going to sit ben, ben Hunt in three. Macca, Andrew McCulloch in four. And then I've got Reed in five with, with Damien Cook. But just depends how these guys come out of origin as well. But, yeah, I, I see the potential and I would love to pick Reed. It's just that I just don't have the trades to burn it on something that's just not high percentage. All right, boys, moving on. That was a good question. Next one is when we talk about Joshy Schuster. Because this bloke, sorry, I'm just, I just threw you off course because I just went out of order, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, mate. I'll, Remember that in the free season? Yeah, I'll set in me ways. You can't ruin my st- life. Anyway, he, he's, he's all about I'll structure, this man. I found it. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, cool. All right, so the reason, actually, you know what, I'll just, because I've got my iPad in front of me and I've just kind of burnt this. Sorry, boys. And, yeah, sorry, Joshy shushed up. So he's back on an edge. It's a stacked forward pack. It's, it's an interesting one. Corbs, you go first. Project him in terms of minutes and an average moving forward. I'm worried with Lawton and his age. I know you've talked about the young ones just NRL first year getting used to it. Uh, and returning from injury, I reckon he's going to sit around the mid-50 average if starting. But that's a big if. I'd, I can see him sharing and not getting the full 80 minutes first up. Once he gets back to full fitness, oh, geez, if they're going to push for it, 
I don't think you can leave him out of the side and it might get up more towards that 60. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just interested to see how his role is going to be in that high-flying Manly team come the end of the year. Do they sort of work around him? Is he going to distribute to those outside men with Turbo? Or is he going to attack like he was earlier in the season? Yeah. But yeah, I see minimum 50, high of 60. So yeah, pretty good scoring. It's just... He needs to lock down the edge roll, though, an 80-minute performance. Yeah, given he's a rookie in a, in a position that he didn't grow up playing, like, I think you're right. I think with Lorden being so good on the bench and then the Ghost has still got a return as well, I think 60 to 65 sounds reasonable to expect. He, he, he's, he's a big attacking part of mainly what they do. Sorry, Cobbs. He played edge at schoolboy. Did he? When I first seen him, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was um, – we beat him. Uh, <laughs> it was him and him and Toppany were the two edges either side. Really, looking back, um, that was a pretty good win. There you go. Well, yeah. Well, seeing that he's averaging fifty-one as an edge, if we rip a few minutes off him, he's probably going to project probably around forty-five, probably forty, forty-five. Andy, any thoughts? Yeah, but you look at uh, like actually. He, he well, before I start, Andy, take your draft cap off. <laughs> <laughs> no, or just looking at his looking at his fancy stats, he hasn't played a game underneath eighty minutes. You know, so if I think they actually gave him the extra week rest, they could have played. <clears throat> excuse me, they could have played him earlier. I think they literally gave him the extra week's rest purely just because he's that young person and he's young. They fight, they get back from injury pretty quick. With with, with Manly's last couple of games, their edges have floated around seventy minutes. That's mm. uh, been a seventy minutes, so they put him on seventy, take him on the last ten. Uh, whether it's been a couple of injuries or not. But I do – I can see possibly that happening. But even if he gets 70 minutes this week, he'll he'll push for 80 minutes the week after. I don't think he'll – I don't think Des will be uh, wasting a, a sort of rotation on his edge forwards if they can play 80 minutes. And uh, he's already – he can already do it. He's done it for, I think, 10 games this season. So there's no reason for him to sort of have to have someone coming in from the bench. He's – and him just coming from – Tommy Turbo, just putting on a plethora of points. It's going to that left side. I think he he should score well, but whether he scores well this week, I think might be the damage, um, considering he might not play the full 80. But from 19 onwards, I think I'm thinking 50 minimum points. Um, even though, like you said, he did average 51. It's 50 minimum from here on on. So if, whether that's what he gets now, so it's whether you keep him or sell him for a better person, it's a bit hard. But if you don't have if you don't have trades, there's no loss keeping him. It's true. You know what I love about Andy Corbs? He's What's just that? so loyal to his draft players. I, I think also <laughs> too with the the Schuster, he and you're saying he he's played all 80 minute performances. They've got a bit more depth back now. Like they were pushed. He got bought in because they were struggling. And mind you, he killed it and deserved his run on spot. But They've got a bit more on the bench now and in the reserves um, to actually play uh, him the less less minutes. But uh, if he's fully fit, I wouldn't. I'd play him eighty. He's a gun. I th- I, yeah, I'm sure he will. I think he's because he's basically even last year that was on the verge of playing, and, and they signed Kieran Foran, and then he was just sort of he forced himself into that second row spot. Yeah, through injury, but he's one of those players that once he's in the team, you can't get him out. Yeah, interesting viewing ahead, boys. Okay, next guy, Tua Harris. Now, he's making a miraculous recovery. Everyone sold him last week on some, you know, inside goss that this guy would be gone for six weeks. But, he's, you know, he's appeared on the extended bench as well with Chad Townsend. Both these guys were meant to be missing five to six weeks. 
I don't know if they've run out of players or something like that, but at this stage it looks like he's back and they're going to maybe give him painkillers and pad it up. But realistically, boys, Corbs, Corbs, we'll start with you. Talk to me a little bit about, well, I guess we we are holding him now, but... Yeah, if you did hold him and you've seen his name on there, you're holding. But I got rid of him last week um, thinking he was out for at least four weeks. Mm. Mm. I still think, though, when he comes back, if, if he's coming back early... Um, they're a bit more risky as opposed to those bigger clubs that are sort of letting players sit it out well and truly like your, your Grant and Pappy with the Storm. But he's not going to be as effective again as the NRL physio touched on. Those mids, the amount of work they're going to get through for his type of injury, um, I just don't think he's going to be as effective as he was beforehand. So I wouldn't be rushing to get him in if you didn't have him, but if you've got him, you'd You'd he's hold old. him because you know he's um he is pretty solid, and I could very well be wrong again, um for my predictions. <laughs> but I, th- I do think that we're going to see a reduced role. I think he'll probably lose fifteen minutes, like you said. The demands of that middle position is huge, and his work rate is through the roof. So I do yeah. see a bit of decline. Yeah, but with you just you can just tell it's in his heart. He plays with his heart. I feel like if it's just a pain management thing for him. I don't think he will even feel it, honestly. I just feel like he's that kind of workhorse who just goes through. Look at him. He just plays 80 minutes at lock, making 50 tackles a game, and he's some, most of the times he's the largest meter eater. Like He's an absolute weapon. I do get not, that. Not saying that he won't decline in points. But the shoulder injury is pretty, pretty serious. Like I don't care what your work rate is. It's going oh, to affect him. And I'm not going to pick him back up because I've already sold him. He's done for me. I've only got three trays left. <laughs> I can see a bit of decline coming for Tohu Harris. And the re-injury rate was um, what? Like if he comes back early, surely that percentage has got to it's be high as well. Pretty decent, yeah. yeah. And there's only eight games to go. I, I don't mind selling him last week. Hundred percent, pretty much of the top thousand honed him. So it was a little bit of a just a, a way of just getting away from everyone a little bit. And picking yeah. something someone a little bit differently, but yeah, he's going to be an interesting one to see if, if he appears on the team sheet. But boys, moving on, let's project Tommy Turbo because he mainly got an interesting draw coming up. Just pulling it out, so they've got the Dragons, Tigers, Sharks, Storm, Eels, Raiders, Bulldogs, Cowboys. So within that, they've got what three top eight teams, and realistically, probably the only two teams that can probably beat them are probably the Storm and the Eels. But let's start with you, Andy. Give me a little projection, given that uh, Turbo's averaging 71 right now. What do you reckon he's going to do on the way, the run home to the finals? Uh, I think maybe 67 I've got here. So I, I, I know it's a weird, weird number, but I, I think it can't be hitting hundreds, or hundreds all the time, but I feel like he's still going to be the player when Cleary's out. If you don't have, if you don't have Tommy Turbo, I think he's that guy. He's just going to keep excelling. Because 57 is probably a very, um, very like not generous, very uh, scarce uh, prediction. Because uh, Tommy T, look, you seen him without without Turbo last week, and they just felt to part, felt to pieces. With Tommy back, he's just the heart of that team. The whole team steps up. Uh, I think if you don't have Tommy, get him in your team now because mm. he will be the one to, especially him looking for that Deli M point as well, hanging in the back. He'll say he say he's not thinking about it, but for sure. We clear you out, points to catch up. He'll be playing his best, absolutely best. Nice. Corbs, it's interesting that since Turbo's been back, he's only played a top ten, top eight team twice, and he averages 74 against them. He's played one, two, three, four, seven bottom bottom eight teams since return, and his average is seven. actually less at 70. Where do you project him? 
Yeah, I've got him around the 70 average. I reckon he's a must-have. He's huge. Like, he, he probably won't score that 70 against those two teams that you talked about. But in all other games, uh, I expect him to be rested this week. But in all those other games, he'll uh, he'll score higher than the the 70 to get that average around that, um, yeah, back to the 70. But yeah, he's he's just in such good form at the moment. And, yeah, you you got to get him. Quiz time. It's like, it's, like, it's like a similar sort of um, experience. When you didn't have Cleary, you're like, there's no way Cleary's going to beat his break even at 71. Next minute, 120 points. I feel like it's going to be that sort of scenario. If you don't have him, you'd be going, ah, it's, he won't do it again. He won't do it again. So, it's, yeah, just watch out. All right, Mr. Parramatta. What did Tommy Turbo score against Parramatta last time? Um, I think it was like a 100... 110 or something like that. You're close. 99, which is pretty – that was his second high score. That was a great day, eh, Cobbs? Just watching him just tear Parramatta apart. Uh, that was good. Let's see if they can do it again. No, oh, that was – I didn't have him, so I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting real bad jealousy that day. I think, I think I did have him, and I was hating it and loving it at the same time, but more or less hating it. I would rather not have him. <laughs> All right. My classic hat says he's going to project probably about 75. My draft hat says he's going to project 128. <laughs> you got my hat on, have you? Yeah, I do. I'm looking after my boy. Nah, he's, he's good. He's been absolutely superb. Now, next guy, he's been well talked about this week, boys, Callum Ponga. And he returns, obviously, to Origin tomorrow. But let's project the end of his season. And he's only been back, what, six? He's only had six games after the shoulder reconstruction over the offseason, averaging 60. Now, Andy, you've had a good look at him. Talk to me about where you project him in the run to the finals. Well, definitely not next week, um, especially with, with Storm. I think it was in the paper today. Their win percentage in Queensland was like 96% or something close to that, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> no, no team should have that win percentage anywhere. But it would be a big test for Ponga and the Knights. Um, so if you can wait, definitely wait. I think he's uh, $744,000 at the moment. Mm. Um, uh, I don't see him as a turbo though. Like uh, maybe with Frizzell back, Pierce back, and the whole team coming together, and Best back as well, we can sort of have a couple of good games. But he he can go missing yeah. here and there. I think from last year he's had he's got a big ceiling, but he's also got a a, a small floor. So I think with him, it's it's, it's consistency is the is the problem there. Um, I've got him maybe sixty. 63 plus. That's his. I think that's his average for the rest of the season, including next week's game. Yeah, Corbs, talk to me because he's going to lose the goal kicking too. Clifford's been kicking quite well. Is that a concern for you? Yeah, the Barry Tui, always reliable for any Big night. Baz. He's he's good. Isn't he, he? he must Pepper. just hide in the stadium, eh? <laughs> he gets peppered on Twitter, old Baz, but he loves it because he replies to everyone I see um, that asks him a question. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm following TK on this one with the three-date rule. Maybe not three dates because I've got him penciled in for around 20 if I can. Um, I don't reckon he'll hit below 60, bit of a gut feel, from around 20 on. But he's got two games in Storm and Roosters, and I just feel they're smart enough to know that if they shut down Ponga, they win the game, and they're they're good enough to actually do it as well. Mm. Um, But the other sides won't be able to. So, yeah, losing a little bit in kicking doesn't worry me too much because – um, you know how good he is. And I really hope a few of these teams like um, with the likes of Ponga are fighting for that certain spot 
in the eight or the four or the minor premiership. I hope it all stays even because then it just uh, helps those players um, in fighting for the wins and performing. So, yeah, Ponga round 20, I'll just sit on him for the next two weeks. You could go early against the Roosters, but, yeah, round 20 is when I would um, look to get him if he if he does tick the boxes. Yeah, good draw. Storm, Roosters, Raiders, Broncos, Sharks, Dogs, Titans, Broncos, as you mentioned a few times now, Corbs. But interesting, he's got some really conflicting figures. Top eight this year, he averages 48. Bottom eight, he averages 75. Flipped to last year, 2020, against the bottom eight, he only averaged 52. Against the top eight, he averaged 74. How do you read that? Like, he's just got conflicting numbers. But I'm a thing with goal kicking, especially the back six games. You'd have to think they're going to score five or six tries against these that mob. So he could be down, what, 10 points that he probably would have got. Maybe only four or six points against the Storm and the Roosters. But, yeah, I'm I'm saying I think 60 might be generous. I reckon he might. I'm going to go against you guys. I reckon he's only an average about 54, 55 max. Yeah, okay. But this is that's what fantasy is about. Having a, <laughs> at least we're not, just, right. at least we're not on the fence tonight. That's that's just what I think. I think it's gonna be very interesting. Brian your boy Brian Toho has become very cheap and a lot kind of closer in my microscope here, Corbs, at six thirty three K. Does does he get a little bit hindered from not having Cleary and Luai and dominating as a Panthers team though? You know, you I'm going like... to say no because his base stats without he can hit yeah. base without Cleary. He's got 245 running game and meters a game and six tackle breaks. So that's literally nearly what's that? 45 points in base. He draws the front rowers back. He's a weapon. <laughs> he is. <laughs> if I'm going to pick a wing fullback, I think I'm going to preference Toho to Ponga. Yeah, but if if they are on the back foot, that isn't that more carries from his end out of trouble. So that's only going to play to Toho's. He's um, gonna love it. Pant, yeah. But yeah, that's, he, a, that's another he's not a bad one. one as well. Like that's my issue too. I mean, there's I've heard a few people that have got a few trades left, but I'm sitting with five left. It's got to be smart. And isn't now, it? I've, yeah, it's sort of I'll bring in um, the Hassan for feed this week, hopefully pending sort of Origin and whatnot. Yeah. But then it's um it's sort of looking at who who do you bring in for those last few. You got to really make sure you pick the right one because there's, you know, there's three or four for each pick, each trade. Yeah, look, when you're speaking Toto and you've only got five trades, is he in a must-have? Yeah, you just depends if you need a probably, wing fullback, I guess. I'd also probably look at matchups and then also, um, depending where your rank is, also the the pod play as well, because yeah, absolutely. If you can, if you can get up there close, um. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. All right, boys. Next guy sticking the wing fullbacks, Ryan Puppenhausen. Again, not on the, the list. NRL Physio was reporting yesterday a bit more neck issues. Now, Corbs, we'll start with you. This is your boy. Project his role moving forward, if he's even got a role, and give me an average because this is a, that's this is going to be one of the hardest guys to project, I reckon. I reckon I'll read a new story on him <laughs> every hour. And uh, oh, he was my second pick in draft. Early days, I was laughing. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you've got to have some interest in him because you saw what he did at the start of the year. He was a gun. And on the back of that storm side, he's just huge. Um, I'm not going to get him till he's run on, if he ever gets the run on. Uh, it does make me feel better, though. The NL physio pretty much, like, he nailed, he's nailed everything so far. He said they will rest him. They'll keep resting him because they can because they've got Hines. But 
that is a good thing for him. The longer they rest him, the better for him because um, that's sort of only going to increase his sort of performance when he does get back. But it's interesting. I, I've seen an interview with Cheese. I don't know if you've seen it today. Mm. And the Cheese was talking about he's sort of hitting all the physical sides of things, but they're just waiting for him mentally to get right. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been in the right headspace. I, I, and I did hear the NRL physio just say, you know, concussion is not all the same. And I thought it wasn't. Wanting him to bounce back the next week. But, yeah, it's um, oh, it's good they're taking all these sort of precautions. But, yeah, it's definitely a bit more um, serious than I thought. But, yeah, I'm just keeping an eye on him. And if he gets the run on, then uh, then I'll sort of – he'll come into contention with the likes of Ponga and Tottos. But, you know, they're the three sort of in the mix for that one of those trades. All right, Corbs, pretend that you're Craig Bellamy for a sec, mate. Now, at what point does he just say it's – Three weeks before the finals, is it? Does it come to a point where Nico Hines is that good that you can't drop him because you don't want to kind of get rid of what they've created this year? Oh yeah, and Pappenhausen has proven that he's a gun fourteen, so you could definitely just keep playing him as a fourteen off the bench. Yeah, hundred percent. And and if the the game wasn't going right and Hines wasn't performing, then you could just chuck him on a bit earlier. But yeah, I. I it hurts me as a draft owner, but you could definitely see it going that way. Mm. Andy, you've got something to I say? Know. I think uh, I think perhaps is dead 100% out of now fullback, especially with Hines leaving next year. I know that's that's it's all about this year in the Premiership. I think if perhaps is even 90% fit moving forward, he plays the 80. I don't think he shares minutes. Uh, whether he gets on and when, did he, when does that happen, not too sure, but... Uh, I think I think let's just say if there's three games out from from the grand final or from from finals from finals, I, I still think Paps goes in. Yeah, if he if he's it's because you got to think. Yeah, they've been taking it easy on Paps, but do you know how hard it is as a footballer to stay on the sidelines and want to play, and then when they finally give you the go ahead, you're on. You know. I think Reid Marnie was saying it in an interview earlier. He goes, he's a pest on the sideline because he just hates being on the sideline watching the boys just put their all in and he can't do shit about it. So if Pats has got the all clear to play, he's playing 80, no no doubt. And he'll be fighting Bellamy to play, I think. Yeah. So. What I would make an argument with that thing is it's not his decision whether he plays 80 minutes. It's the coach's decision. And the reason why I think I side with Corbs on this one is the fact that they've got a new spine. Like, Cameron Smith's not there anymore to hold their hand. And the fact that they've been winning games and looking the best with Hughes, Munster, Cheese, and Hines, that's the best combination I reckon I've seen from the Storm this year. And that's the reason why I think Harry Grant won't ever see the number nine jersey for the rest of the season either. I think he's going to... He'll have to get back in the next three weeks to get anywhere near the number one jersey, I reckon, Pubs. Yeah, but still, like next year, Hines is gone. You can't put that much faith in... In Hines when he's leaving next year, yeah, but you have to put some sort of game time under Pup's belt for next year. I understand even though he's that, now but are they trying to win the competition this year or next year? I still think they win with Paps. I, I think he's a better fullback. I reckon Hines is a better fullback. Just because he's going the Sharks, mate. I just think he <laughs> he hasn't got Sharks. I just think he's yet. he's turned into a better player, and I think he suits their game more. I think he brings the rest of the team onto the ball a lot more than Pups does. Well, he is a playmaking fullback, Pappy being the support player fullback, but... Yeah, Pups is just up, out and out brilliant player. Like, Heinz hasn't got the ability to run it from his own end and score a try like Pups does. Absolutely not. 
But in terms of what they are bringing right now without Cameron Smith and having to create a new spine and a new sort of culture without him, I actually think Heinz fits the mould with Cheese and the other two blokes a lot more than Pups does. They've, they've played a lot more footy, though. <clears throat> it's been hard because we've only seen... Pappenhausen, how many games has he played? Like five? Yeah. He's played no, he, has, he hasn't played a lot six. of footy. Could you, could you imagine the development with, that Paps would have with Hughes and Munster had he played a lot more footy, which do, does also bring you back to your point where the three games before finals, where you've only got three games to make that mesh. But he's in training. He's doing that in training, doing that, making, it, learn that yeah. skill. He'll uh, be in the 17. Yeah, definitely be in the 17. It'll just be interesting to see what they bring him back. All right, boys, let's keep moving on. Harry Grant's going to be interesting. Well, he's the last guy we talked to before we rip into the audience questions. Now, same thing. Like, well, I've already said what mine. I don't think he can get him in a starting lineup. But, Corbs, we'll start with you because he does average good minutes coming off the bench. 52. And he's still scoring pretty good. What are you projecting yeah, it, with him? This is my first pick in draft. So, <laughs> <laughs> two, two picks. Really got hurt, going, didn't you? They're not going great. Yeah, I see him playing 60 off the bench. I see Cheese starting him off. Um, but then, yeah, once he comes on, he's uh, he's outstanding. And that dry track footy up there is just going to suit his game. And then Cheese just chimes in. It's almost sometimes they both sort of take a couple of darts and go in for a couple of carries out of um, hooker later in the game. Cheese just sort of ducks in and has a go when he wants. Mm. Um, yeah, the formula works too well. I don't think you can change hey, it. Corbs, you know what's funny? That today, Melbourne aren't moving to Queensland. They're playing all their home games in Melbourne. Yeah, I know. That's I interesting, that, eh? Actually. I, I didn't notice that until I was um, putting Little Asiata to bed. Yeah. And I was having a look at the um, where their game venues were. There's C3, three, three at Seabus. And then, yeah, anyway, mm. I've seen Amy Park. So, um, yeah, that's that's still a tough travel down there. So, they, they're oh, the huge. only team... Well, they get a massive home ground advantage other teams do in Queensland. but yeah, Especially that, come finals too. Yeah, big time. Um, it it but, does hurt. It does hurt Smith uh, and Grant. I think they're both going to be – if you're a Smith and Grant owner, you're going you're gonna to hurt because Smith is going to be taking minutes off here with Grant. Grant hasn't played a game of 80 since he left the Tigers, unfortunately. But can you imagine with – I think it's their own sort of – when you have two hookers playing for a team, usually it's a bit of competition. But these two seem to be to revel with playing with each other. Like you said, they're sort of scoot, but taking them scoots in the middle and they're just sort of playing their own different roles. I think Bellamy's just sort of made them, giving them don't be, each role, not saying you're, my, you're not replacing Cam Smith. You can't replace Cam Smith. Just do your thing. And yeah, unfortunately for grand owners, he won't play 80. He won't score more than, he won't score more than 55. I don't see him score more than 55. Yeah, around there. He, he just He's just not going to get the minutes. That's probably also what gives me confidence that Hines will be the fullback moving forward, especially if he's not back in this next fortnight. <clears throat> the fact that Harry Grant was number one hooker at the start of the year, injures himself in the trials, and then Cheese replaces him, and he hasn't ever replaced him since. I think he's had like seven games from an interchange bench. So at the end of the day, I think it's just what works for Melbourne. It's going to count. Oh, okay, saying like there's like a... You're not the team, the team. Yeah, um, unless you're Cameron yeah. Smith, you don't get. I don't think you've got a or Billy Slater. Unless you want to like an immortal player, I don't think you own a position in the team in the Storm. I don't think Jesse Bromwich gets that that sort of credibility. Yeah, valid, valid point. 
All right, boys, let's move on. We've got some great audience questions. Thank you to everyone that's sent us some stuff on social media, some crackers today. But, boys, we'll start with this one. Andy, Matthew Lippiat-Sidman, he wants to know, because he's a long-time player of fantasy, and he's the makeup, as we all know, has changed a lot. You know, start of the year, we had a lot of hookers in our team, and he wants to know at the moment, what is your current setup, and... And what's your ideal setup trend for the year? So I think I think the last couple of years it was very very lock and hooker heavy, uh, but as you can see with this whole the the speed of the games changed dramatically. Um, it's winger fullbacks. It's those support playing, meter running winger fullbacks. Winger full, I think I've my I'm I think I've got Teddy, I've got Drinky, I've got. Oh, geez, I'm having a mind blank at the moment. Um, uh, RTS, I got Walshy. So my, I'm got a plethora of winger fullbacks in my team, and they're the ones because they're this fast-paced game. They're just scoring these massive high ceilings. So I think it's there's been a massive shift. Uh, so my sort of, uh, what was I say, my current setup is just I've got a couple of winger fullbacks. I've got a cover for each spot on the bench, but most of my my bench involves winger fullbacks. Corbs. How's your setup? Yeah, I've got a an edge, a half, and two winger fullbacks on my bench. Mm. Um, I feel like there's two or three outstanding players in each position, but then there's a few left over in the edge, half, and winger fullback. I think that's where the they sort of overflow a little bit for those extra points. And they're when you look at them, they're the attacking players, like Andy pointed out. So yeah, um, that's where I'm going, and I'll stick with that at. The players might change. So at the moment, I've got a Gutho and a Madison in there, um, and Hines is in the starting lineup. But they may change to Papenhaus and Ponga, Toto. Even we talked mm-hmm. about him, um, and yeah, who, who knows who else? But um, it'll stay in those. It'll be an edge half two wing fullbacks for me. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to you boys. As Andy mentioned, I think the wing fullbacks just absolutely blitzed it this year. You just can't get caught short. In that position, and like for my bench, I've got Walshy, Moses, SJ, and Angus Crichton. Like, who would have thought I would have had three, two halves, and a little fullback on the bench? But it is the way of the world. And I've got an extra wing fullback in Kennedy in my emergencies, and realistically, Tommy Turbo, like you, Gutho, and also Heinze. So, yeah, you just got to carry him. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Much points. Sorry, Cobbs. How many um, how many DMs did you get about um, <laughs> Kennedy? Kennedy? Oh, I got a couple. I had a, a few apologies in there. <laughs> a few, a few. The Sorry, Kiwi about boys would give it to you. They were. <laughs> so Cole, they Cole jumped on board with me. <laughs> Sorry, Cole. All right. Next question is from Peter Walters, and he wants to know, boys, who are your top five must-haves to finish the season? Corbs, you kick us off this time. For feeder. Turbo, Hass, mm-hmm. Storm 9, whoever starts Storm 9, <laughs> and Storm 1. Storm 1, wow, I like I just, that. I just went the, the Storm with their, like they're playing down there, they've got a gun team. The 9, the 1 seem to just benefit massively, like the 9 off their forward pack, and they score so many tries just off the hooker for tries around the um, 10 metres out around the middle. And the Storm 1 just chimes in so well out the back. And just, like, you talk about Pappenhausen being good support play. Hines isn't far behind him. 
Uh, Hass is probably the risky one there. I, I sort of may have went a bit early there, but with the losses they've had in their forwards, I just feel like he's going to have to put his hand up. And he is. He's playing for a contract, a $10 million, <laughs> 10-year contract. So That's huge. Surely he's going to have a couple of big games before he signs the paper. <laughs> I think he's already done it. All right, boys, already- my, my five, Connor Tracy, Will Chambers, Will Kennedy, <laughs> <laughs> Blake Braley, and Braden Trindle. Uh, there you go. Uh, my top five, Tommy Turbo, David Fafida, uh, Isaiah Papali'i. Absolutely yeah, weapon. I, I thought you were calling my pap now. Yeah, oh, so I was just sort of being a bit formal. Me boy, IPAP. <laughs> uh, DCE, especially with since uh, Cleary's gone. Yep. And, and Hass is my final fifth. Nice. I'm very similar to you. Tommy Turbo, David Fafita, Hussey. I'm actually going to chuck Matt Burden in there at number four. I think he's going to be very spicy on the way home, especially if we predict <laughs> a bold prediction comes off. And then DCE, for, for sure, especially with that draw. I think he'll go monster. All right, boys, let's rip into some uh, individual questions. Andy, first question is Usman. He wants to know, he's looking to trade out the Tigers' fullback, Dane Laurie, and he wants after some suggestions. Uh, Look, the only issue I see with that is he's 464K, so I don't really see any like-for-like replacement, especially this late in the season. You want to either cash down and get a better player, um, or if you you don't have any trades, I, I guess my sort of pick would be, the hammer is actually for that price. Um, you, you save the what thirty k, but he's actually scoring as well. He's actually coming into that centre role. But my ultimate recommendation would be cash down and use that trade to get someone else. Because I don't see uh, if you've only got four hundred sixty four k to spend, um, you're not going to get one who you want. You want to actually put in your team. So just cash down to someone, maybe a, like a. I'm not sure, either a Dom Young or someone even lower, a two two eight, and just get someone with your with your extra cash made from that. Yeah, I think that's a smart idea. Hammer versus Turbo, Theory, that's like throwing you against the Lions tomorrow, Andy. Wow. Tomorrow. Yeah, in that Tomorrow, origin. Look, he, he scored a try in 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 seven of his eight games, recent last eight games for Hammer. So, don't count him out. It's a big stage against probably the greatest player of all time. Wow. It's, it's huge, but good on him. I hope he goes well. Like you said, the speed, it's just absolutely scintillating. Corby, Jimmy, he wants to know. He's targeting Payne Haas and Cameron Murray for Thomas Flegler and Brails. He wants to know, is it a week too early to bring in origin players? I hope, just back to the hammer, I hope he doesn't go well. I hope we flog him again. He just really <laughs> pants him. Um, oh, yeah, we will tomorrow. <laughs> uh, not at all. Hass is off the bench, so I predict he'll come back and play big minutes. And um, as I said, he's he's nearly about to sign the contract, so he's got to play well. Uh, Murray, you could hold off on, but against the dogs, I'd nearly just pull the trigger and get a gun player in there. So with the going off their averages, um, if you brought him in this week, you're looking at about 228. But I think Murray scores more against the dogs. But if you hold off, um, you score just around the 200 points going off the averages of Flegler and Braley. And that's Braley at a 60 average. He's not hitting 60. So that's about 100 100 spots, I reckon, with that 30 or 40 points. 
Um, so, you know, it's coming to the business end. I'll, I'll do it. I mean, they're both gun players. And like I said, I reckon they could even go bigger than their 60 and 54. Yeah. No, I agree. I like that. Now, next question is more of center orientation. Josh Page, he wants to know who are the best center options. I just feel what we've been talking about today, I think Matt Burden at 589K, I think it's another huge opportunity to buy him. As a half, he's only played in five games at half in the last two years. He averages 72 as a half. So, he used, you know, we've all seen that big boot he's got. He's obviously going to get some kick meters just automatically. He loves running the ball and back in the... Back in the halves this week, and I think he's going to play a lot of halves into the run-up into the finals. So I think that's huge for him at Matt Burnham, 589. And the other guy I love is, is Jesse Ramian at 574K. Not only because he's a shark, he's just got great base. You know, we talked about Toho before, Josh. You know, his base as well, Jesse Ramian, he's got literally just got pure base as well. He's hitting 135 metres, which is not as anywhere near as good as Toho, but he's got also got six tackle breaks, two offloads. He's, he's hit some incredible base stats. He's only scored two tries in 10 games. So you know this around the corner, there's going to be some tries coming as well. So they're my top two picks. Just to back off that, Morgan Jones wants to know, he wants to sell Avarillo to Stags. So my thing with Stags is, as the NRL physio and physio, uh, physio Phil's also said it, performance after major knee injury surgery, I think it's just way too much. With his price at 559K, you just don't know what you're going to get week to week. So he did come back really well against the Sharks. He hit a 43 and 59 minutes, but again, he didn't play 80 minutes. So the expectation of removing a player like Avarillo for him, probably not the move. At 672K and coming off a 31 and 33, I think it is sell time for Avarillo. If you've got eight trades and above, if not, you are a holder. And then the guy that I would consider would be both Matt Burden and Jesse Ramian. Yeah, I like those. All right. Well, you're back in Burton too because I picked him ages ago. Yeah, absolutely. Burton's <laughs> huge, man. All right, Andy, your next question. Kai Woods, he wants to know, he wants to go Nico Hines for Ponga, but he wants to know, would you go this round or the next? Definitely not this round. Uh, Ponga's break-even is 71, uh, and he's versus the Storm, who have the best defense in the league at the moment. Um, and he's, I think Ponga costs 744K. Hines costs 722K and has a BA of 64. And it's actually quite uh, funny because they're versing each other as well. So uh, I think if you wait a week, it could be the perfect scenario. We just do a, a straight swap. Uh, let's just say Ponga scores 50, Hines scores 70. Bang. Um, Ponga to Hines next week if, if Lil Paps is back and it could be the perfect scenario. So I'll be waiting for next round just seeing, seeing the team list Tuesday next week. Nice. Good advice. Corbs, your next question, El Lobo. He must be from like Mexico or something, but yeah. <laughs> he wants to welcome to the Mexican fans to go with the Fijian fans out there. But he wants to keep Brandon Smith at hooker, and his backup right now is Connor Watson. Like now, he wants to know he doesn't see anyone standing out right now at hooker, and uh, Harry Grant is never-ending return like Shusta. I'm not even sure what his actual question is. <laughs> Oh, is keeping the cheese at hooker with Watson a backup viable for the rest of the oh, season? Oh, okay. Now, I didn't. I misread it a little bit. So, he wants to know, I guess, if Connor Watson is a sell, I'm just assuming. Is that how you're reading it? Yeah, yeah. And talk about never-ending return. I'm holding on to a bloke called Curtis Siren in, in draft, and he is... He, Say it. He was, Say it. 
they they called it. We've talked about the weekly rubdown, which was Casper. Casper. There's a good little pod that I've <laughs> only just come on to recently, and they're good. They called him the ghost, which I thought was probably the best thing out of that pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the the grand will be back. Schuster's back in the lineup, so you're laughing there. Grand will be back I, soon. And playing eighty. <laughs> yeah, um, Watson. I'm worried about Watson. I originally sold Schuster for. For feeder, I don't know. No, for Haas, I think. But I'm actually going to flip that back, and I think I'm going to go Watson to Haas now and keep Schuster because Watson's now coming on to um, back up Barnett mm. at lock. And last time he did that, he scored so poor. Um, Smith's a great option at hooker, and that's who I'm mm. running. I'd keep him until you see Cheese. Uh, sorry, see Grant actually take the starting nine because. At the moment, she's starting and then coming back on as a mid. Uh, he's been absolutely killing it. Um, but, yeah, I'd be probably looking to move on Watson. Nice. I like that. Now, next question, Belent Peel, he wants to know, with, uh, oh, he wants to decide between two hookers, Reed Marnie and Appy Coruscant. Boys, I just, this will be interesting, not just for Appy. So I'm going to pick Appy out of these two, only because they're neck and neck, but just because of the injury factor, I think Appy gets the upper hand. But, you know, you don't want to, buy him until you see what the role of Mitch Kenny is this week. But just some interesting just stats that I pulled out today, just across the Panthers and minus Cleary. So when we look at possession in the new rules, boys, so with Cleary in 12 games, the Panthers had an average of 60, 56% of the ball. In the four games that he has not played, it dips to 49%. So they lose 7% of possession when Nathan Cleary doesn't play. So that's that's really really that threw me off big time, and I think that if Uppy does get an eighty minute roll again, I think that's huge because that's where he's he's tackling like stuff from last year was all going, and with Cleary this year in seven games, Uppy's averaged forty three. Without him, he averages seventy four. So again, we need a three data, but that's massive, isn't it? And just the things who can kind of. I think a lot. There's going to be a lot more tackles in this Penrith team moving forward because they're just not going to have the ball as much. But that was huge, and I think Arpy as well. You know, he's only hit what five games with seventy plus minutes this year, and he averages sixty one. So if you can get anywhere near that seventy minute mark this week, I think that's a buy signal that it's his spot for the rest of the year around that seventy minute mark. And like we were all kind of saying, we don't expect Cleary back, so. I think Arpy's just got his, his nose and head just only because he's just a little bit fresher. Kind of reminds me of the other way because Arpy was kind of in that spot where he was in the injury brigade last year and he's in that same spot where he was he ended up being a sell from, from that great purchase from the, the start of the year. But again, he's got a break-even of only 40 this year. Top 1,000, only 2% own him as well. So it could be a little bit of a pod potential there with, with Arpy as well. Nice. All right, Andy, your next question. Brennan Vickery, he wants to know, do you think, well, this is another Ponga. He wants to know, do you think Ponga will be on the turbo level considering the strength of schedule? He's got Piercy back. He's got Bestie back. Well, he doesn't have either. So he wants to know, well, obviously, number one, can Ponga match turbo? And should I just get turbo? Uh, Easy question for me. Uh, I don't think Ponga will be on the same level as turbo ever. I think Turbo is just too good. Uh, I'd like, so I mentioned earlier, Turbo is like that, the Cleary back in the day where you, you, you thought, you're hoping he didn't score well because you didn't have him. And you, if you don't have him, you're going to fall behind. <laughs> uh, Ponga hasn't had a full game since round nine as well. 
He, he played 75 minutes last game. Couldn't couldn't pull up the full 80. Uh, yeah, their their run does look does look good, especially with Best Pierce and also Frizzell coming back. But uh, yeah, I don't see him on the same level as Turbs, uh, unfortunately. So if I had to choose, I'd be getting Turbo. But if you've got the money, Porto Canelos Dos. Why not get both? Nice. I like it. Now, Corbs, next question from Tommy Calvert. He wants to know your thoughts on Latrell Mitchell coming back and how you project him for the rest of the season. Well, there's been a bit of talk between our main man, uh, Cole Lomas. Shout, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Cole Lomas, um, to, we've been talking about the bunnies. He was sort of more talking about Cook. He's still got Cook. And I reckon Latrell sort of falls in this same category. I think they could go nuts towards the end of the season. Um and he's, pencil, he's another one in that wing fullback that I've got penciled in. He's probably down the list a little bit. But if you're looking to make up numbers, he's a huge pod as he's sort of, you know, he has been outside, even from this pod, outside the conversation. There's, you know, the likes of Ponga, Pappy, mm. um, Toto, and then Latrell's probably down that fourth or fifth sort of position. Yeah. You can't forget about his early domination. He looks super fit. He probably looks the fittest he has been. Scored a 95 and 84 earlier in the year. So, you know, you've got, he's got pedigree. He's got good <laughs> pedigree. Um, he's cheap too, Corbs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd wait. And that's another thing too. Like, you might not be able to afford one of the big guns, but yeah. Latrell could be a good pickup where you sort of, you know, you have to get him because you can't afford others. I'll just wait over the next few weeks. So with the origin... I could see him getting limited minutes again this week. Uh, I don't know if who they're playing, who the bunny's got this week. Look, he's not the fittest of doggies. blokes, so I dare say he should get rested. I think they've got doggies, don't they? Yeah. They've okay. got, yeah, dogs. And it's actually on Sunday, so he's got a bit of time. Yeah, he could play, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely consider him. He, The bunnies and Latrell and Cook and Walker could go nuts for the run home. Yeah. It's like they've been holding themselves back a little bit, don't you reckon, Corbs? Oh, big time. Look, with Cook, it, everyone's got to be thinking it, like, especially at the start of the year. You've got these new rules suit him down to a T. Mm. But he's just all he's like, he's hardly taken the line on. And it's, I'm just wondering if it's old Wayne has got the blinkers on. And I think then he has. The last little run, take the blinkers off and run. Run, boy, run. Because you think they've lost three prelims in a row. So obviously there has to be something with peaking and them running out of gas, right? Yeah, well, I remember Robbo. I don't know if I've spoken about it before. Robbo had a really good interview with the Roosters and he was just saying, like, just as a type of coach he is, he took it on the chin saying he got it wrong. He didn't prepare him right. And yeah. he, this is after he's won two previous premierships. Um, yeah, just saying he didn't get the tapering right. So, yeah, those good coaches just know how to do it like, yeah, the big three. So I, I think the, the bunnies and Wayne. He's Wayne wants to go out a winner. He's got a good chance at a premiership. So yeah, don't be don't be uh, surprised if the the Cookie Latrell Walker put on a real show. Nah, I'm hours. I'm with that. Next question for me, Adam Milton. He wants to know if Papi doesn't sell, doesn't play, is he a sell? I'm sick of holding him. Poor Adam. He's got a really good fantasy team as well, but. It looks like he's been holding him since round 10. He's held Parpy this long. Jeez. Or maybe round seven. Poor fella. Far but out. Yeah, I reckon he's a massive sell. I just, <laughs> you know, Andy mentioned it before. He's got that massive break-even coming up as well. So even if he comes back bench or starting, break-even of 100 plus, 
that price is going to go. So at 800k, while well, you can ship him out, I think it's smart to ship him out right now. Get another score. You can't have 800k on your bench for eight weeks. <laughs> I feel for you, mate. Yeah, big time. But you got, you know, Josh has just had a great option there with a cheaper Latrell. You know, I've mentioned Toho. Andy's mentioned Ponga a few times. And obviously Turbo's a huge pick who's only just a little bit above that 831k. So if you've got cash in the bank because you're holding on to 800k, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there is choices, my friend. There is definitely choices. All right, Andy, your last question for the night. Michael Tapaki, he wants your help. He wants to know who to trade out for TPJ. Now, TPJ does return in a couple of weeks, but we don't know where. But now he's returned to... Okay, now he thinks Torhu will score better than TPJ. So he can go for him, or does he go to Haas or Pup? Everyone's obsessed with Puppenhausen for night. Yeah, I know. Or Puppenhausen. Uh, I'll be keeping Tohu, um, especially since he's in the, he's in the bench this week. Um, so if he doesn't play that much minutes or doesn't play this week, he's for sure going to be in next week. Um, TPJ's his future is as clear as mud. So um, take that as you will. But uh, you could be playing for a uh, contract, or you might not get on the team at all. I think this could be the perfect opportunity for the Broncos just to blood some, some newbies, and they have been with Keenan, Palasaya, um, Jordan Rickey's back on the bench, mm. uh, and also you've got TC Rabadi he's playing on the, on the edge with Alex Glenn. So yep. I think uh, they might just punt him all together. I think with Ben Eichen, you've seen changes happen instantly. Um, so I would be punting TPJ, and I'd probably be picking up Hass. He's been looking really good, and he's dropped in price a lot now. So uh, you can pick him up pretty cheap. And also with Pappy, his break-even is 106 points. So uh, picking him up right now for uh, trading out Tohu, you're not going to get anything. At least Hass is going to be playing this week. So you're getting points. So uh, that's an easy one for me. Nice. I like that. Now, and, uh, sorry, Corbs. I love this guy's name. Cesar Salvatore. I love that name. Is that, am I getting all the Mexican blokes? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Hopefully they are Mexican. Good. That's a great name. Now, uh, he wants to know, long-term, who comes out on tap, top out of these three hookers? Appy Corusau, Reed Money, or Wade Egan? In this order, Appy, number one. Dominant figure in attack now. And your stats before, no Cleary. He'll pick up a few extra attacking stats when in the red zone. He's been running at a few more. Uh, times inside the 20 on the attack. Um, the Actually, the Fantasy Amateur Boys did a good little piece on him just the last day or two, so that actually backed up a lot of the um, why you'd sort of look at Appy. Next, I'd have Egan. Why I let him go and draft, I do not know. <laughs> he <laughs> snaked me. Especially with Grant. Probably not playing. Last five game average of 65, so in great form. Warriors do have a couple of tough games in the next two weeks, but then round 20 on, their run is just as good as the Knights, if not better. Um, so he has actually picked up a few more attacking stats in the last couple of weeks. That may sort of um, be lost in the next two games when they've got uh, who they got Panthers and Rabbits. But then after that, Tigers, Sharks, Dogs, Broncos, Raiders, Titans. That's not a bad little run for the Warriors. And then I've got Marnie at last. Eels have a tough run, uh, and they're just backing up the NRL physios' comments on him being a bit hampered uh, on the on the return. So they've got 
Round 20 on, they've got Roosters, Rabbits, Eagles, Cowboys, Storm, Panthers. That's a tough run to finish for them. That's huge. Yeah, it is huge. All right, final question from Matthew Lippiat Sidman again. He wants to know, keeping two out of CHN, Corey Hiranara, Joshy Curran, and Ryan Madison. So on the top of that list, I'll keep Madison as my number one. I just think they'll be managing his minutes because of his concussions. I think he's over that now. And I think in the lead up to the finals, I think you'll see... Brad Arthur plays his two edges, which is obviously Andy's mate, IPAP and Maddo. I think 78 minutes. I think that's what they need moving forward. Two, I'd probably put Joshy Curran, only because I think when the duels come out again, I think he's going to get a dual positioning. And given that there is rumours that he's actually going to start and not be off the bench, I think he's impressed Nathan Brown. So I'd probably put him because of the pricing. And I think three, the guy that you want to sell out would be Corey Hero Naira, only because he's kind of that mid-600s now. And I think... Realistically, he's probably relying a little bit too much on tries to get points every single week. So out of that three, Ryan Madison, keep one. Josh Curran, two, would be your middle. And then CHN would be the guy that you'll be selling for me. All right, gents, crack a show. I really enjoyed that because we've all had a little bit of different opinions on that, which is always great. But good good luck to your fantasy teams on the weekend, boys. A lot riding this week, especially between you two. Someone's going to be fourth place come Sunday night. Hopefully me, hopefully. Yes. Well, actually, hey, it could be. Start, could be. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> but, boys, we'll we'll rip up uh, overnight, and tomorrow morning we'll get our Origin Multi happening. So people look out for that around lunchtime, probably. We'll have that, or maybe 5, what do you reckon, 5 p.m. we'll release that, boys? Yeah, we, yeah, just, we can do that. Don't worry about the time. We just need a winner. We have been oh. terrible the last few weeks. I, it's killing mate, me. Oh, did you see my bet for the Raiders game? Literally, it came down to Starling just missing and coming short for that try towards the end. Jeez, whoever does the lines, they're bloody geniuses. Well, it was a weird sort of scenario. The Cowboys led by 12 and I had 16 starts, so I was 28 ahead. And I ended up losing by like 20. Your one ended up half a point off. And then out of all the players that couldn't score a try, Daniel Tupo couldn't score a try. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest bloke in the field. Yeah. We'll We'll be back. We'll get it back. We'll We'll be back. back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your company. Boys, thank you for your great insights. And we'll catch you, what, Sunday for the wrap-up. Right. See you, boys and girls.